Hey, this is Tyler Mayoris from Cool Beans, and I'm so excited to be with SoFlow Vegan. And welcome back to the SoFlow Vegans podcast. I'm your host and founder of SoFlow Vegans, Sean Russell. On this episode, we have Tyler Mayoris, who is an investor, entrepreneur, and CEO and co-founder of Cool Beans which is the first whole food plant-based wraps for the frozen aisle. We had Tyler on our show a few months back and he told us all about this amazing company as well as the importance of fiber, your diet, how beans provide that. We talk a little bit about protein as we always do on this show, future of plant-based foods, and so much more. So make sure you check out the entire episode. And at the end, we'll have, as always, our special musical feature, the songs featuring and promoting, highlighting the vegan community, as well as some closing remarks to let you know how you can get involved SoFlow Vegans community. Hey everybody, Sean Russell, SoFlow Vegan. So excited to have you back for another episode. And today we have Tyler Mayoras, who is the co-founder of Cool Beans on the episode today. Thank you, Tyler, so much for joining us. Absolutely. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about a lot of topics that might impact you or somebody that's going to be jumping in on this vegan journey. But before we do that, we have a bit of a tradition here, Tyler. Every time we bring somebody on the show, we want to find out their vegan origin story. And before you, before you tell us your vegan origin story, I just want to make the listeners and the viewers understand why we do this. The reason we create that vegan origin story segment is because a lot of people are going through their journey and have, or have people on their journey and it could be, they're non-vegan at this point, but still a part of their journey. So being able to hear all of these stories from people who have gone on to create amazing organizations and businesses such as yourself, it's motivating to hear that some of them yeah. were butchers. Some of them had a farm or some of them had, you know, had health problems or whatever the situation is. Everybody's story is unique. So we get to bring that to our community, to our listeners. And with that all being said, Tyler, what is yeah. your vegan story? For sure. So I was actually vegetarian back in the 90s. And I did that primarily uh, for the animals and a little bit for health. And it actually wasn't, I mean, it was a good experience. It was probably 10 years that I was vegetarian. Um, but I actually, I still ate dairy and I ate a lot of pasta and cheese. And so I actually gained weight back during that time frame. So it wasn't a great experience from a health standpoint. Uh, I fell off the wagon for about another 10 years or 12 years while my kids were growing up. And like so many, we're led to believe that kids need to eat uh, milk and chicken and, and animals in general. And so we were cooking once and, and it was just too difficult to do uh, multiple different foods. So I fell off the wagon and then came back to it in 2016, 2017. And what led me back was climate change. And I was doing a lot of research. I was a private equity investor for 20 years. 
with the last 10 years being focused on food and agriculture. And when I did my research, I was at actually a conference actually, and they were talking about um, animal agriculture contributing 15% of greenhouse gases. And I thought, there's just no way. And I really did not believe those numbers. So I uh, did some of my own research and went built, built it up from the ground up using USDA data and um, EPA data. And I actually came up to a range of 16 to 19%. So more than people were telling me. And so that was just floored me. And it's, you know, it's all the animals, all the food that you have to feed the animals and the inputs, the fertilizer inputs for the fields. There's just a lot that goes into growing cows and chickens, et cetera. And as a result, I started down the path. I started with Meatless Monday, like a lot of people do. And then it turned into Vegan Monday. And by the beginning of 2017, I was fully vegan. And that first year, I lost 25 pounds, which slowly just kind of shed the pounds, which was great. And so I've been vegan now for about four and a half years. And it's been a good experience overall. And, and, and as far as your protein, you're, you're, you're okay on your protein? Are you keeping that up to date? Yeah, I definitely get enough protein. Beans are probably my number one source, but I, you know, a lot of different vegetables have proteins and um, whole grains and things like that. So yeah, I, I never have a problem with protein. I think the thing that we're most efficient and in as a society is fiber. That's, you know, we're all focused on protein, but we get about 60% protein more than we need on, on average. And yet 95% of Americans are deficient in fiber because we just don't eat enough plants. And just to be clear for everyone listening, I was joking about the protein comment. <laughs> That's usually the first thing someone says to you when you go vegan is like, oh, how are you going to get your protein and what have you? But I'm, I'm glad you did your answer because that is exactly you know, what you listening at home, if you're vegan and you're not sure how to respond to that, you know, Tyler just gave a perfect, perfect um, answer in terms of where else you can get your fiber, I mean, get your protein as well as your fiber. And that's a perfect segue for you just to tell us a little bit about Cool Beans. You know, what is Cool Beans other than an amazing phrase that I say all the time? I'm glad, I'm glad. That's, that's what we were hoping for when, when we chose that name. So we, uh, as I was going down this journey and I wanted to try to eat close to whole food plant-based as I could, and unfortunately, what I found, and I was cooking a lot myself, and I had never cooked before, so it was a fun, fun experience, but I didn't have time to cook all the time. And what I found was when you go into the grocery store and you try to find, okay, well, where's the whole food plant-based section in the grocery store? Well, there's no such thing, um, except for the produce aisle, and you have to cook it yourself. And so I really wanted to have convenient options that tasted great that were whole, as close to whole food plant-based as possible. And so that's really what led to the impetus of Cool Beans. And a group of us, three or four of us that I knew in the industry, we, we seed funded the company and started developing products to fill that need that we saw as a white space in the industry. And so we're all about, you know, our products were certainly the beans are the hero because beans are so good for both your gut bacteria because they're very high in fiber and nutrients and they feed your gut, and that controls your immunity, your mental health, weight loss, what, what you crave to eat, et cetera. But then they're also great for the environment because they put nitrogen back in the soil. So they're kind of counter climate change, whereas most things that 
you know, create greenhouse gases are taking nitrogen out of places and putting it into the air. Nit beans do just the opposite of that. And they provide nitrogen to the soil for all the other plants. So if someone is, you know, hearing this and they want to know more about like, where can they get it and things of that nature, what can you tell them about? How they for cool beans? Yeah, you go to our website, eCoolBeans.com, and we have a store locator. We're in about 350 sprouts. We're in about 900 total locations across the country right now, so it's still pretty limited, mostly natural food type stores. In the Northeast, we're in Wegmans. In the Pacific Northwest, we're in Market of Choice and um, PCC. In California, besides sprouts, we're in Lenardi's and um, Good Eggs and a lot of different um, regional natural food stores, but we're, we're slowly growing and we've been on shelf for about a year. So we're, we're making good progress. Yeah. For a year. That's great. That's amazing progress. I, you know, I look forward to Thank seeing you. how it continues to grow, especially in this market space of all these alternative meats are, what would you say? What's the actual name of the sector? I don't think it's alternative. meat. Yeah. There's certainly the alternative protein sector, which is people trying to mimic existing products. Um, I, you know, and then there's just prepared plant food, plant-based foods, and that's kind of where we fall into. We started with handheld, so wraps, kind of burritos. Um, but over time, we want to create a full family of whole food plant-based products and a lot of different product lines in the frozen aisle. So that brings up a good point. You have all of these options that are out there. You have your plant, your prom produced product like you have. You have the alternative meats that they have out there, alternative proteins rather. But is it, or is it safe to assume that all of these products are healthy you know, or should we be cautious with the amount of, that we consume? Like, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, unfortunately, you still do have to read the labels for sure. In general, being on a plant-based diet is going to be more healthy for you than being on a non-plant-based diet or a conventional standard American diet. Um, however, some of the foods that are meat replacements and whatnot are very high in saturated fat. Um, they may not have cholesterol, but they're high in saturated fat because they use, in a lot of cases, they use oil as the replacement for the fat in animals. Um, the, the fake cheeses are the same way. So you just have to be careful. I'm, I'm not against those. I think it's great that they exist. I think it's great that a lot of people are moving over. I just try to limit the amount that I eat in a week, you know, to a couple times a week because I don't want to um, overburden myself with too much saturated fat and oils and things like that, sugars. So for people who are looking for inspiration, obviously we have cool beans. We have your product line that you're going to be um, expanding on in the weeks and months to come. But what does your diet look like? Give us a day. In the in your life of basic of your basic, um, I guess I don't know how many meals you eat a day, but what does that look like? Yeah, for sure, that, that probably three, you know, and some snacking. But um, I would say I'm a I'm a big proponent of the book Fiber Fueled by Dr. Will Bolsievitz, which recently came out about a year ago. And uh, you know, one of the things he talks about is that we're all deficient in the fiber and, and that the key really is diversity of plants. So try to eat a wide diversity of plants in a week. And we, he, he recommends at least 30 different plants. Um, and so I've been, I've been trying to measure that. And I generally average somewhere between 40 and 45 
Um, and, and it's and, and and what you're doing is you're feeding different bacteria in your gut that need different things. So if you just eat the same thing over and over again, you're just going to have one kind of bacteria because the other ones can't live because they're not getting the different nutrients they need and the different fibers. So by eating a wide diversity, you're you're creating a very good balance of gut bacteria. And that's so that's really critical. So in the mornings, I typically eat blueberries. Um, with flaxseed meal, like ground flaxseed meal and walnuts, and maybe some acai, a half a packet of acai um, that I've kind of thawed overnight, basically, but both the frozen blueberries and, and acai. Um, for lunch, I often eat cool beans uh, or something similar. And then at dinners, you know, it's a lot of curries and pastas. Um, with with a wide variety of vegetables, stir fry type vegetable dishes and bowls and things like that. So on, we're on the topic of meals. And recently in the news, there was a big controversy around the G7 summit, I believe, where they had, they featured a, I think, meal consisting of meat products and it made a big, whatever the situation, I was skimming headlines and I saw it and I was like, oh, look at that. I moved on to the next thing. But um, but it kind of ties into something you touched on earlier: the environment, the impact of. You know, I read Dr. Salish Rao, Salish Rao's um, white paper, and you know that's when I was first made aware that the fact that animal agriculture is you know, based on the science and information pulled from who and all these different resources, the leading cause of of climate of climate change, like you mentioned right in this on this in this podcast. So let's talk about that a little bit. You know, yeah, for sure. I, I, it's actually, I think, the second leading cause behind power plants. So the power plants that are across the country, coal generating or electric or wherever, um, are number one. And then, and then animal agriculture would be number two. And then cars and trucks and, and on, on the road are number three. So that's pretty fascinating. The, the, the problem with animal agriculture is several fold. And certainly the climate impact is a big part of it. We can't fix the climate problem without addressing eating a lot less meat and dairy, basically. Um, but in addition to that, we use a ton of water for those industries. And um, we also, it's, it's a really inefficient system because we, it takes just to, to um, basically feed you a cow. It's, it's something like 35, you have to feed that cow 35 calories to generate one calorie of meat. And same thing with chickens, but it's nine to one. So it's just a really inefficient system. And if we look at the future where we're going to have 10 billion people, we can't feed them all meat and dairy at the rate we're currently eating meat and dairy. Now, if right now we use 65% of our ground, of our farmland here in the U.S. to grow meat and to grow grains for animals, if you used all that for plants that humans ate, we could easily feed 10 billion people. It's just a matter of reallocating our resources as we grow going forward. And, and what would you say is one of our, some of the big roadblocks that are preventing this from happening? Um, just in case people aren't aware of what's yeah. going Well, one, I think is education. A lot of people just don't realize They're, it's getting better. If you, you know, climb the generation Z, millennials eat, plants at a much higher rate than baby boomers and, and generation X. 
and Generation Z is even higher than millennials. And so the trend is going in the right direction because of education, and those people are much more familiar with the impacts on climate. So I think number one is just educating people how, how much of an impact there is. And then secondly, we need to change the incentive structures um, at the USDA and some of the other governmental bodies, because right now there's huge incentives called checkoff programs and whatnot to stimulate use of dairy and meat products. And they did it because that was the U.S.'s agricultural products and they wanted to keep farmers working. And I understand why they did it. And it, all this stuff has been unintended consequences of decisions that were made many, many years ago. But now we're at a point where we need to incent plant-based products and disincent meat and dairy products if we want to try to turn this around. And is there anything that we can do, the listeners, to help move this along? Because I personally feel like it's not in my hands. It's, um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these um, situations, particularly on this, it's more on legislative and things of that nature. And I know there is something that I'm missing. So any advice for- Well, you can certainly write to your politicians in your area, send emails. You know, there's ways to send emails on all their websites and say that we need to be moving toward a plant-based, you know, diet and predominantly plant-based diet. And we need you to get on board with that. Um, the other thing, you can sign petitions. There's a lot of different petitions that get submitted to um, different politicians and whatnot. You can get behind movements. Cory Booker's got a movement. Um, um, with, I mean, uh, Eric Adams, the borough president in, in Brooklyn, who is basically running for mayor now and leading a whole charge toward a plant-based diet. The position, Physicians um, Committee for Responsible Medicine, PCRM, they are continually lobbying politicians about moving away from meat and dairy, both from a health perspective as well as from a climate perspective. And so you can donate to those folks and get involved with them. Those are all great ways to kind of get the voices heard. So we talked about the environment. Let's talk a little bit about what's happening in the in animal welfare and things that are happening in that space. From your observations, do you feel like that is progressing? Because I know, forget Israel just um, banned fur production. You have a couple of places in the United States that have been have done that. So do you see like things moving in the right direction? What's your thoughts? Definitely with regard to fur and definitely with regard to animal testing for, um, you know, cosmetics and things like that. Less so on the eating side of the equation. I mean, last year, unfortunately, in part because of the pandemic was the highest consumption of meat ever in the United States. Um, and, and part of that is people shifting back to home and hoarding food in their freezers, et cetera. But it's still, it's not the direction you'd want to see it go if we were trying to move people away from meat in general. So definitely seeing it in, in, in the fur and the cosmetics area, but not so much in the meat yet. So we're going to shift a little bit again. Talked about the environment. Talked about the animal welfare. Let's talk about food, the actual food, which is, you know, the foundation of the cool beans in your, yeah. in your company. 
some exciting things are happening in this space, and not just in the consumer goods um, category. You know, most recently we have three um, veg friendly veg contestants on Hell's Kitchen. One being vegan. We have yeah. a, one of the top rated restaurants in the world going completely plant based. How are you feeling about? The food space. Oh, I think it's it's great. I, you know, a couple of touch points I just heard about. I just heard about a study from Credit Credit Suisse that said that plant based foods uh, o- over the next twenty, whatever it is, I guess it's twenty nine years to to twenty fifty, um, are supposed to grow a hundred times to one point four trillion dollars in, in annual revenue. That's amazing, and that's that's fantastic. I just heard Matthew Kenny's going to open up 100 delicatessens that are plant-based across the country. You're just seeing more and more options for plant-based eaters, and that's all being driven by demand. It means millennials in general, you know, in general, the number of vegans has increased from 1% to 3% over the last five years, which is a big increase, but still a small number, 9.8 million people or something like that. However, if you looked at millennials, they're at a much higher rate. Some say around 6%. And if you look at Generation Z, they're almost 10%. So the move, the trend is in the right direction. And anybody that's serving food places sees that. And everybody's focused on having some kind of plant-based options for people because more and more of the population are moving that way. And, and that's what excites me about all these companies that are offering products, like including yourself. It's giving options. It's putting it in people's faces. And then when you have things like you know, some of them launching IPOs and is making a lot of noise in the stock market. It's creating that buzz from all of the angles. And it's not just coming from the vegan community. So I know when 2019, they were saying it was the year of the vegan. And obviously in 2020, we had the pandemic. We had to reevaluate how they're living their lives because of the right. health and X, Y, Z. Now I feel like 2021 is when all of that, all of those two things are settling into, okay, what are you talking about now? What is this vegan thing? And right. then there's, there's an abundance of resources for them to tap into to find out what's going on. Yeah. And frankly, even if you're not vegan, because I think that a lot, I'm not sure that we're going to see, you know, 40% vegan folks anytime soon, maybe sometime far, far in the future. But we are definitely seeing a general reduction in eating meat and dairy. And so as long as flexitarians are moving farther and farther, then you need options for them as well. And, uh, and it provides more options for plant-based eaters as well. So it's just, a, it's a great trend overall. And I hope that it accelerates now that the pandemic's over and people get back out to restaurants, et cetera. So, Winding down our conversation, I want to give the floor to you to say maybe it's something that we didn't touch on that you wanted to speak to, or you just want to give a, a message to our community or anyone listening. I'm going to give you the floor and then you can say whatever's on your heart. Yeah, well, you know, I think one of the things we took very seriously uh, when we put together Cool Beans. And, and just to give a, a feel for what Cool Beans is, you know, inside each wrap, it's just beans, veggies, whole grains, and spices. 
So when you cut them open, you actually see these items spill out. There's no mush inside. There's no stew inside like you'd see in a normal burrito. And we took, we were very um, deliberate in our approach to have a diversity of plants inside each wrap. And we did that from an agricultural standpoint, because the more that we foster markets for all these different plants, the more likely farmers will convert to those plants rather than just growing one crop corn or soybeans um, like they normally do. And so that diversity of plants is really important from an environmental standpoint, but it's also very important from a health standpoint. And each one of our wraps um, has several different plants. And so the family, the first three wraps combined have about 17 different plants. And we have two new products we're introducing this summer and they add uh, additional plants so that we up, we're up to about 24 plants over the five different wraps. And so that gets you, if, if your goal is 30 in a, in a week, um, we're, we're giving you 24 of those right from our five wraps. So we think that's really important. Hopefully people will um, stay focused on that because it's great from a health standpoint. And one last time, where can everyone find information about Cool Beans? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we're on the web at eatcoolbeans.com and we're on Instagram at lovecoolbeans.com, L-U-V. Uh, and then Twitter and is also eatcoolbeans.com. So that's, that's the primary places to find us. And I want to thank you so much for joining us on the SoFlo Vegans podcast. We had a great time speaking with you. I always enjoy hearing what other people think, especially outside of our community, outside of the South Florida community, about what's going on in the general space, because there is a lot going on. And sometimes you can miss it if you blink. So thank you so yeah. much for the conversation. Thank we look you very much, Sean. To continue to grow this relationship between Cool Beans and SoFlo Vegans. Get you guys out here in South Florida. You can see what's going, although I'm pretty sure you've come here or maybe not. Yeah, hopefully once we can start demoing products, we'd love to get down there because Florida is a great market for plant-based food. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. You are listening to the SoFlo Vegans podcast with Sean Russell.
yo. I eat kalado, aki, sweet potato, yam, banana, and tomato, cabbage, spinach, avocado, chocho, butter, bean, and cocoa, courgette, millet, plantain, rice and peas and pumpkin, mango, dates and guava, chickpeas and cassava, Brussels sprouts and cauliflower, onion, fennel and cucumber, plum, pear and papaya, aubergine and sire, lime, lentils and quinoa, oatmeal bread and oatmeal flour, watercress and okra, tofu and sweet pepper, couscous and carrot, broccoli and coconut, peaches, apples, apricot, breadfruit, jackfruit, sour sap, pistachios, cashews and almonds, walnut, peanut, also vegan, sesame seeds, sunflower, lemon, orange, Pineapple and melon, bongo wheat and garlic, kiwi corn and turnip, bacho and pomegranate, hijiki and rocket berries, cherries and strawberries, beetle, grapefruit and celery. You say the meat's not necessary. We tell them, say, how when me eat them, I wonder when me eat. When me tell them, say, me no eat no fish, no, no meat now. How when me eat them, I wonder when me yam. When me tell them, say that I'm a vegan man. How when me eat them, I wonder when me eat. When me tell them, say, me no eat no fish, no, no meat now. How when me eat them, I wonder when me yam. When me tell them, say that I'm a vegan. Hey, look how me big and me say look how me strong. Some people can't believe that me a vegetarian. If you want a healthy body, check the real Rasta man. Cause Rasta man will tell you about the right nutrition. Me get me calcium, me sodium, me get potassium. Me get me zinc, me get me iron and me magnesium. Instead of yam the fish, me yam what the fish yam. Like the kelp and Irish moss that grow in at the ocean. Me get me proteins and me minerals, me get me calories. The vitamins A, the B, the C, the D, the E, the F, the G. Essential fatty acid like the omega tree. Me get me fiber and me Carbohydrates in my body Don't forget your water, drink a few glass a day The toxins in your body just flush them away Some of the things you eat stuff in your body and decay When it come to food I don't play We tell them say, I when me eat them I wonder when me eat When me tell them say, me eat no fish now, no meat now How when me eat them, I wonder when me yum When me tell them say that I'm a vegan man How when me eat them, I wonder when me eat When me tell them say, me eat no fish now, no meat now How when me eat them, I wonder when me yum when me tell them say that I'm a vegan A lot of people would have stopped eating the meat If they had to kill the animal before they could have eat Look on the way the animal then get treated Unsanitary condition where some of them keep it We're supposed to eat the meat, we would have had sharp teeth You wouldn't need a knife and a fork, you know see You can't eat it raw, you have to cook it complete And put on vegetable seasoning to make it taste sweet How when me eat them, I wonder when me eat When me tell them say me eat no fish, no, no meat now How when me eat them, I wonder when me yum when me tell them say that I'm a vegan man How when me eat them I wonder when me eat When me tell them say me no eat no fish no no meat now How when me eat them I wonder when me yam When me tell them say that I'm a vegan It's up to you, you can eat what you want to You can be a vegetarian and be healthy too There's a lot of choice around, many foods around you Me just remember, some more I forget to tell you The nectarines and tangerines and clementines and guanabana Lighty oats and ginger, kale and spillerina, mung beans, warm your pasta We want to thank Tyler Mayoris from Cool Beans for joining us on this episode of the SoFlo Vegans podcast. And as you heard, we also want to give a big shout out to Maccabee and his song, Wami Eat. Love the music that he puts out. If you don't know who he is, check him out on YouTube. He has plenty of videos you can, can enjoy, especially if you want to get some inspiration on what to eat so this wraps up this episode of the SoFlow vegans podcast and if this is your first episode welcome welcome to the show we have an exciting season remaining some cool things in the works in terms of videos resources directories events 
Pretty much if you ever plan on coming to South Florida or you live in the South Florida area, go to SoFloVegans.com. Stay up on everything you need to know. So I'm not going to take up too much of your time. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Shoot us a comment on our website, go to social media, everything SoFloVegans, and let us know what you think. And keep your ears We'll have some exciting announcements in the weeks to come about how you can get involved SoFlow Vegans. Today's episode was produced and edited by Sean Russell. Our associate producer is Lauda Gomez. To become a sponsor, please visit SoFlowVegans.com slash promo for more details. Uh!